What's going on, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Let's Talk Fast podcast. I'm your host, Adam Martin, more commonly known as the No Breakfast Guy, and I hope you're doing what you love with the people that you love, and let's just jump straight into it. Guys, welcome back. I hope you are well. Hope you're having a fantastic weekend. I am currently sitting in my brand new desk chair, and it feels so comfortable that I wonder how I ever sat on the previous desk chair that I had, and it kind of almost feels like uh, I was sitting on stone and on the ground. This thing is incredible. I'm incredible comfy, and I could see myself sitting here for the hours at a time that I usually do when I'm working at the computer and not having my back issues when standing up. So I hope you're sitting down. I hope you're comfortable. If you're out walking or on the treadmill or at the gym listening to my podcast, hope you're having a great workout or walk or whatever it might be. But um, you've seen the title, so you know what you're coming here for. Why does the scale fluctuate? And I'm a big proponent of people weighing themselves every single day as a way to not only normalize the activity, but to get an understanding of the data points that you'll get throughout that journey. You're going to see fluctuations go up and down no matter how perfect or how strict you are with your calorie allowance and how good you are with your continued exercise and your movement and your sleeping patterns and all those things that you you know, hear me talk about at, at to no end with regards to you know seeing progress happen but no matter how perfect you are with that and let's be honest no one is perfect at it we always have our mishaps our little falls off the wagon our bad days and our good days and there's going to be fluctuations that happen regardless but even if you were perfect there's still going to be fluctuations and so i wanted to demystify the reasons behind why you see those fluctuations so that the act of jumping on the scales every single day isn't something that you fear. And the number one reason I see people fear the scales is because they don't understand what they're actually looking at. If you place all of your, I guess, um, you know, reasons for being, you know, your self-worth and, you know, your happiness behind what that number on the scale says, you will be forever feeling down about it. Because again, you could have lost 100 kilos. You know, let's say over the last two years, you've been putting in all this effort. You've been seeing great results. You're now half the weight that you were and you're doing incredible um, you know, progress. But then you see the scale go up. You're gonna, again, if you're tying yourself into that self-worth of what that number is, you're gonna feel bad about it and forget the fact that you've just had this huge decrease over the last couple of years. And so I want to normalize, as I said, the practice of jumping on the scales by getting rid of the ideas that you have around the scale and why it's going up and down. And when you start to learn why it goes up and down, it's far less unexpected when you see that scale have a jump. You know why it's there. You know why it's come about. And it can be far easier then to get back on track and continue putting in the practices that you know will help you over time move forward. And that's what I really want to have People walk away from this podcast today, have a much better understanding about what the scale is doing, and you can then start to go, well, this happened last night, so when I jump on it today, I'm likely going to see a rise, or I should likely see a decrease, and you can start to map that out for you. I am someone, again, who's been in this industry for almost 20 years, and for the most part, I can pretty much pick day-to-day what it's going to do based on what I've done the day before, how I've eaten, and all those different things that I'm going to go through today. But still, sometimes I'm you know unexpected or get an unexpected result, and it does jolt me a bit like, hang on, why has that happened? 
But again, I know there's some underlying reason for that. And so I don't freak out about it and go, well, what a worthless piece of shit I am. I've seen a 200 gram increase on the scale. I'm a terrible human being. How bad I am. And you hear me say those things. You go, Adam, how could you say those nasty things about yourself? But so many people do it. And I'm sure if you're going to be honest with yourself, you've probably said things like that about yourself in the past when you've jumped on the scales and you've seen it go up. Regardless of how good you've been on your diet or not, you still probably have said some pretty nasty things to yourself. And so let's get away from you treating yourself so poorly and let's start understanding why that scale is making shifts up and down so you can be much more expecting of results when you jump on the scales. But be fully aware that you will still find those times where, hey, that's an unexpected result, but you can still try and relay it back to why that may have happened. And so I've got one, two, three, four, five, six different things I wanna run through today. The first one we're gonna be talking about is having a carb-rich meal. You will see the scale jump upwards. And this is why all the keto files out there will say, oh, this is why carbs make you fat. No, carbs will bring along with them when you eat them. And you've got to take it as an average as well. If you've just had a really heavy day on carbs, for whatever reason, maybe you had pizza last night, pasta last night, or you had a, you know, a picnic out and you had a lot of sandwiches or whatever it might've been that your carb intake for that day was quite high. That is a, a general shift upwards from what your average carb consumption would be. Okay, so it's not carbs that are making you fat, it's calories in excess done time and time and time again that will see you gain weight, or I should say gain fat over time. Weight changes is what we're talking about today, and weight is very different to fat. So if you eat a very carb-heavy day, and it's above the average kind of consumption of carbs of what you normally have, you will see more often than not a fluctuation up on that scale. Why does that happen? Well, to go into simplify, and I'm going to simplify most of these things today to just make it easy to digest, pardon the pun, and for easy for you to pick up some points, some gold nuggets you can move away with. And when we eat carbs, what tends to attach with that when the chemical equations go inside and our body then absorbs that nutrient, whatever it might be coming from, whether it's coming from bananas, whether it's coming from donuts, or whether it's coming from pasta, that carb that's in that food that your body is digesting will attach itself to some water. Of course, you're still gonna be drinking water or any fluids that you might be consuming that day. And as it attaches itself to that, it holds onto that in the body. So the next day when you see the jump on the scale, you're seeing a jump in water weight on the scales, not body fat. Okay, and so I really want you to understand, and the next thing I'm going to talk about, well, the next two things I'm going to talk about are very closely intertwined with those as well, and the weight you're seeing is much, has a lot to do, I should say, with water retention. So if you have a carb-heavy meal, or a carb-heavy day, I should say, more often than not, you're going to see a big jump on the scale. It could be 200 grams, it could be two kilos. Again, it's weight, it's not fat, Okay. Another reason you're gonna see a jump on the scales is if you had a particularly salty meal. Tonight, I'm about to go and eat some fish and chips. Going to be a very salty meal. It's more than likely I'm gonna see a jump on the scale. Even though today I know I'm going to be underneath my calories. Okay, I'm setting myself up to have a beautiful dinner, 
on the river here in South Perth. We're going to be overlooking the river and eating fish and chips with my girls. It's going to be a great night. I'm going to really enjoy it. Setting myself up for that, though, I had a very small lunch, really high protein, very low calorie lunch to save all of my calories for the end of the day so I can just go and enjoy that meal tonight, not worrying about any of the calories. Knowing that if I have a piece of grilled fish, a big pile of chips, because I love my chips, I'm going to probably have a potato cake in there, maybe a dim sim, some salad on the side, and that's going to be my dinner. More than likely, it's going to be well underneath my calories today, but I'm still going to probably see a jump on the scale because of all the extra salt that I'll be eating in there. Again, I don't want you to get confused. There's nothing wrong with consuming salt. If, and this is a big caveat I need to put on it, if you get most of your foods, which you should be aiming to, from nutrient-dense options, your fruits and your vegetables and lean proteins, all of those things that you hear me again talk all about, um, talk uh, time and time, time again about, if that's where most of your food is coming from, you're not eating a diet that is high in added salt and salt. So having salt in your diet is actually a really, well, you need it. We, we would die without salt in our diets. And so this fear that is around salt absolutely should be taken away if you're consuming it in a well-balanced diet. Now, if you're eating a lot of processed foods, takeaways, and all these different things that are heavy in salts, then yes, maybe you're having too much salt in your life. However, if you're doing it, as I just said, from plenty of nutrient-dense foods, and that's what most of your food is coming from, having a high salty meal is not an issue uh, for you. Another little caveat, if you do have any heart-related conditions, blood pressure and things like that that run in the family, then you might want to be a little bit more vigilant on the amount of salt that you do have in your diet. But again, that's a conversation for another day. That's not what we're talking about today. So carb-heavy meal, if you've had particular you know, more breads, fruits, you know, the potatoes and pumpkins and things like that, those kinds of vegetables, donuts, as I said, pastas and breads and things like that, carb-heavy day that's much more above the normal average, you're going to see a fluctuation up because of water retention. A highly salty meal, you're going to have a, a fluctuation up on the scale again, again coming from water retention. And the third water retention-based one is going to come around if you strength trained. So strength training massively depletes our glycogen levels in our muscles. Now, glycogen is just the stored form of fuel from glucose. So when we eat foods, body turns that uh, food into glucose. Our body stores that glucose in the liver. It circulates around in the blood and in the working muscles. Now, when you go into a big strength training session, you deplete a lot of that. It takes a lot of energy to do big heavy weights. So when you then have something to eat, your body is going to heavily absorb all those uh, foods to make sure it replenishes all of those stored fuels that you've now just exhausted from your workout. Now, what did I say earlier on? Carbs bring with them water. Glucose is a form of carbohydrate that we are you know, consuming with our foods, when it gets converted again into glycogen, goes into the muscle, it's still bringing with it that water. So that water is going to be stored. We're going to see an increase in the body weight on the scale, but that weight, again, coming from that increase in water retention that has happened due to that huge influx of all that glycogen going to the muscles and that glycogen bringing with it the water. Okay, so those first three things... If you've had a carb-heavy day, 
a salty meal or you've strength trained, be expecting that the next day you're likely to see an increase in the weight on the scale. Now you might then argue and say, but Adam, I strength train four or five times a week. Again, you've got to look at it at the average. Okay, If you've had a particularly heavy day where the day before or the two days before was much less than what you do, that's the one that's probably going to see the big spike on the scales. I'm currently training four to five times a week in the gym. I'm not seeing a spike every single day I go up and um, go to the gym. Why? Because some days are smaller days, some times are bigger days. It's those bigger, heavier days that I tend to see that spike. And again, I know. For example, the last two days, I'm, I'm recording this on Sunday. This will go out tomorrow, this podcast. But Saturday, I went for a run. Sunday today is my day off. So Monday, I'm going to do a big session in the gym. Although actually, no, I'm going for a surf. So it'll probably be delayed by Tuesday. But let's just say I was going to the gym on Monday. My first um, session this week is going to be big um, back workout. So I'm going to be doing weighted chins, T-bar rows, one-arm rows. Um, what else have I got in there? Lat pull-downs. And my lats, this is not me trying to boast, but this is just generally the lats and the back are a big set of muscle group. Okay, Especially if you're doing a lower body day, this would also happen. But I know I've had two, maybe three days off if I go for a surf tomorrow. I'm not doing any strength training. I'm then going to go in and do a really big back-related workout. I guarantee, if I did the workout Monday, guaranteed Tuesday, my weight will spike. Okay, If I do this workout Tuesday, the spike will happen on Wednesday. I just know when I do that huge big workout, that I'm going to see that spike. Now, I'm going to then back it up. Let's say again, I go on Monday and I do that big back, back workout. Tuesday, I'm then going to probably do a big chest and push day workout. I'm not going to see another spike happen the day after that chest workout because the big day has already happened. My massive depletion of glycogen has happened there. The body goes, oh shit, we need to replenish all of that glycogen. Bam, it's going to all come back in and that's where the spike happens. I'm then going to do another big workout, but the workout isn't as big of a difference based on that Monday one compared to the two days before where I had no strength training as opposed to I had a strength training Monday and then doing that training on Tuesday. I hope that has made sense in how I've explained in that. Again, it comes down to those individual bouts and how are they in relation to the average of what's normally going on. So I don't want you to get afraid of doing strength training going, oh, well, I don't want to see a spike on the scale and it goes goes up. Well, I'm just not going to do strength training. Strength training is absolutely necessary and everyone should be doing it. And I've done many podcasts talking about why that's the case. And I don't want you to get scared that just because the spike is going to happen that you should never do strength training. It's not going to spike every single day. That's not how the body works. That's not how this works. And so I really want you to get into strength training, but understand that when you have those bigger bouts of exercise when it's coming around strength training, that you might, or more often will not, will see a spike on that. On the flip side, when doing cardio, you tend, or like a more cardio-based session, so you go for a long run, you're on, you might do a spin class, whatever it might be, but something that is highly cardio-based, you tend to see a big drop. And the reason for that is cardio tends to produce much more sweat. So we're going to sweat a lot more. You're going to be dehydrated. 
loss of a lot of water is going to occur. So the next day when you then jump on the scales, you're probably going to see a big reduction in your scale weight. Again, that doesn't mean cardio is better for fat loss. Cardio more likely is better for weight loss in that it's going to reduce your water inside your body and so you're going to see a drop in weight. That doesn't mean it's more effective at helping fat loss. Fat loss comes from a calorie deficit. Training and the exercise you do should never come into that equation. You should train to increase your performance, increase your strength, increase your ability cardiovascularly. All of those parameters is why we should train and exercise and include some sort of intentional exercise in our life. It should never be, well, I want to train, what's the thing that burns the most calories? That should never be part of the questioning you ever have or reasonings to why you do exercise. So if that highlights the first three, you're seeing a jump in the scale because of water increasing in the body due to having a higher carb day, a higher salty meal, or having strength train. Now the next ones um, are kind of just trivial things, but they will definitely see a spike um, on the scale. Number one, you haven't been to the toilet yet. Now, most of us tend to be quite regular. You know, for me, anyway, I tend to get up, I pee, and I poop, and then I start my day. It's, I'm quite regular. It happens most of the time around about the same time each morning. I cannot get up without going to the toilet for a pee, but sometimes the poop might come in 30 minutes after I wake up. It might come in straight away. It might be an hour after, but it's sometimes around there. If it's a little bit later, then I'm going to be jumping on the scale you know, in the morning, and if I haven't done my poop for the day, I've got, for lack of a better word, more shit inside me, and therefore I'm carrying that weight. And so if I've had a particular um, you know, heavy weekend of eating and I've just got more poop inside me that hasn't, you know, I haven't gone to the toilet to get rid of, then the scale weight again is going to be up. And you can laugh at this, but just test this out yourself. Next time, you know you've got a poop coming, go and jump on the scales. You'll see what the scale is. Let's say 84.5. Go and do a poop, go straight back on the scales. It might say 84. You've just lost half a kilo. Now, have you lost half a kilo of body fat? Absolutely not. You've just done a poop, a particularly big poop, but you've done a poop that has seen you lose half a kilo of body weight, which has come out in fluid and poo. So again, just, excuse me, um, just be understanding that have you gone to the toilet yet? Have you done the same kind of routine in the morning? And I always sit there and say, people should be always measuring at the same time of day. And that same time of day should be in the morning because it's the most uh, unaffected by outside uh, influences. In the morning, you haven't done anything. You haven't exercised. You haven't moved. It's the same time every day. The moment you wake up, go to the toilet, get on the scales naked with no clothes on. Look what this number is. That's the best and most repeatable way to kind of get a very accurate scale reading day to day to day to day to day. If you were to measure yourself in the morning at 6 o'clock, a.m. and then measure yourself at 6 p.m., they're going to be two very different results. And that result of an evening is going to be heavily, I guess, affected by what you've done that day. Have you exercised that day? How many steps have you done that, that day? What have you eaten this day? That's going to be affecting that result of an evening because all of those things have happened, whereas in the morning, nothing's happened. The only main thing that can be happening is have you gone to the toilet or not? Or this next point of why the scale could go up is what did you eat last night and how late did you eat it? Now, I already spoke about having a carb-heavy carb, carb, carb meal or a salty meal will definitely affect what the scale weight says that next day. But if you ate particularly later, 
Now, it could be Friday night, you're heading out with friends, and you don't get to eat until 8.30 at night, when normally you're home by 5.30, you're eating at 6 o'clock with the family, and that's when you normally eat. There's two hours difference, and you might be eating later into the evening, so you don't start until 8 o'clock, sorry, but then you have your entree, then you have a main, then you have a dessert, and so you're not finishing eating until, let's say, 10, 10.30 maybe, whereas of an evening, it might be eat dinner at 6, you're done by 6.30, done. There's a two, three, four-hour difference on how much your body has been able to digest that food that you've just consumed. And so if you've got more food sitting inside inside you, you've eaten later at night, you are definitely going to see an increase on the scale. Weight, again, has nothing to do with fat gain. Even if you've overeaten on your calories on that particular night, it's not going to be a huge increase in fat gain. It's just mainly coming from you've got more food sitting inside you, you've eaten later at night. And again, if the digestion isn't happening, you might not be as regular that next morning. You might not need a poo until later in the morning again. So all of these factors are going to see that big jump on the scale. Now, the last one I want to talk about, I'm just going to highlight and talk about the fluctuations that tend to happen. I'm not going to go into detail of it. I'm really hoping I can get someone that knows a lot about this. And if you do have someone that you follow on Instagram at the moment or you follow on YouTube or there's a professor that you really like talking to or kind of reading their data or whatever it might be around the female monthly cycle, I'd love to have them on the show and talk in more depth about this and how monthly cycle for females affects their exercise performance, their mental performance, their scale weight, when you should be training harder, when you should be backing off, when you should maybe increasing your calories, when you should be backing those calories off due to the different phases throughout the monthly cycle. I know a little bit, but I'm certainly not a you know, very high level um, person on this and I don't want to say things that I'm not 100% of. And so if you do know someone, shoot me, a, shoot me an email. My email's down in the show notes. I'd love to have someone on the show to talk in more detail about this. But to talk to it as a base level, the female monthly cycle, mostly obviously if you are still having a regular period, but even in perimenopause, during menopause and postmenopause, there's still fluctuations in your hormonal profile, even though they may be less, especially postmenopause, but they still happen. So I want to understand that this is for pretty much all females that are listening to this, that you're going to see fluctuations in your hormones and those hormone fluctuations will have massive changes on your scale weight day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. And so this is exactly why I have people weigh themselves, especially females. Now, males, our hormones stay relatively stable throughout the month, and so it's not something that we men can sit there and go, oh, well, I'm in halfway through my cycle. That's why my scale's going up. No, sorry, guys, you can't put your, uh, in quote, blame on why your scale weight has jumped on your monthly cycles. It's not happening. So for females, though, it absolutely happens. And so there's two points that I want to make here. I highly recommend people should be weighing themselves every single day just so you can get those data points. The more data points you have, the better average you can take of what your scale uh, weight is. The worst thing you can do, though, is measure yourself weekly. Okay, because you could have had the best week ever, but just on Sunday when you do your weekly weigh-in, your cycle may have started on Friday or Saturday, and so you're going to see this big upswing on your scale weight 
and you're going to go, what this? I'm up two and a half kilos, but I had the best week ever. I trained and I ate really well. And you're going to feel down about it, but you're not taking in consideration what just happened two days before. Whereas if you'd been measuring yourself Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you would have had all of these lower numbers. Then you would have seen this spike happen on Saturday or Sunday. But the average for the week has you at a certain weight that is not the jump that's just happened on the Sunday. So for women, I still suggest you measure every single day with regards to your weight. But if you don't want to do that, measure yourself at the start of every cycle. So when you get your period, measure it. When you then get your period next, that's when you measure your weight again. Then you've had one whole cycle. And in that time, be it anywhere from what, 28 to 32 days that most women will find their cycle comes in, you will have seen a reduction if you've been attending to those processes of eating a calorie deficit and all those things we talk about of how weight, fat loss, sorry, occurs. And so either, as I said, every single day should be what the um, go-to is. But if you're not going to do that as a female, do it at the start of every cycle or at the end of every cycle, however you want to do it, but do it at the same um, time every single month. So they're the six things that's going to affect your scale weight, not your scale body fat, okay? Let's just run through them again to just highlight them all. Carb heavy day, a salty meal, you've strength trained, haven't been to the toilet yet, you ate later than usual, you had a bigger meal than usual of a night time, and the female monthly cycle are the six main reasons I'm sure there's some more in there. And if there's other ones that you want to question, again, feel free to message me anytime. I'm more than happy to answer that for you. But they're the six main reasons why the scale fluctuates. And so now when you jump on the scale every single morning, and I hope by hearing this uh, podcast, you're now not as afraid to jump on the scale. And then you go, you know what? Adam says it's a good thing. I'm going to get more data from it. I can see what my average uh, trend is over time and how that's going. And I'm going to expecting some fluctuations and I had a strength training session yesterday so when I jump on it um, tomorrow morning it's probably going to be up oh there it is when you expect things and you can understand what's likely to happen that jump in that scale isn't so unexpected and so you don't get that initial emotional response of oh shit what have I done what a terrible person all those thoughts that start running through our minds and so I really hope that you walk away from this podcast today with those nuggets in your mind knowing Okay, these are the reasons why the scale may, it doesn't always happen this way, but more often than not, it does, that you may see an increase on the scale weight the next day if these things that we spoke about today have happened the day prior or they're happening at that time. And so I really hope the podcast is of value to you. If it has been, reach out to me, let me know, DM on Instagram, email me. I'm always loving getting responses and saying, hey, Adam, listen to your podcast the other day. This, this, and this really helped me. Thank you so much. I love getting those emails and those DMs, so please keep sending them through. If it has helped you out at all, this podcast or any episodes in the past, give this podcast a five-star review on iTunes. Put in a comment, a little positive comment that would really help me. Helps the algorithm out as well, and more people can listen to this podcast. And as always, I'm very appreciative of you guys listening in, and I hope you found value in this podcast today. And so I will talk to you again next week. I love you all. Talk to you then. Bye.